0: Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Football CU Podcast. I didn't think I was going to make another podcast episode this week, but man, there's just there's football going on. I'm excited. I wanted to talk about it and I'm um, giving another episode out here this week. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about this week. We're going to go over the divisional round of the playoffs, talk about those games, uh, make some selections, make some... Um, Some game picks, what I think is going to happen. And I'll talk about a little fantasy football along with it. And I also wanted to go over the top players at each position for the 2023 season. Mainly the top two, um, ending top two scores of the year. Not necessarily average points per game, but total points. I want to discuss the top two players at each position, position and where they got drafted. Their average draft position, ADP as it were. But first... Before we get into anything, as we always have to do, we need to begin everything that we do with the Word of God. So today, we're going to go back to the book of Romans, one of my, one of my most favorite books in the whole Bible. We're going to go Romans chapter 8, verse 37, and it says this, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So we could be going through a ton of different things. And we're going to go through some different difficult challenges in life. But because we can do it through God who loves us, we are already more than conquerors. We're going to overcome all the challenges that we have in our life if we give it to God, focus in on Him, and try to do everything through Him. Because He loves us so much, He is going to have us overcome it. We're already more than conquerors. All right, now let's get into the playoffs. Let's get into the divisional rounds um, going on today in Saturday's games. I'm recording this on Saturday. So we're gonna start with the Texans and the Ravens. This is gonna be such a good game. And it's crazy about the Texans. No one expected them to play this well this year. CJ Stroud's been amazing. For this particular game though, man, I think the Texans are gonna fight. They're gonna fight, they're gonna make it competitive, but the Ravens are just too good. I think I see the Ravens winning this game by probably between 4 and 10 points in that range, where the um, Texans are going to keep it close, maybe a one score game, but I think the Ravens are going to end up, and for fantasy wise, CJ Stroud has been one of the best quarterbacks all year, and he's going to be probably a top 7, top 8 quarterback drafted next year, which is crazy to think in his second year as a pro, he's going to be drafted that high i don't know about devin singletary i think he's on a one-year contract or a cheap contract i don't know if they're going to draft a running back or not we'll see and nico collins is going to be great hopefully tank tell can come back healthy he's going to be amazing and i anticipate they will um resign dalton schultz because he's on a one-year deal but he played well so he's going to be probably like a top 10 top 12 tight end next year and for the ravens man lamar jackson's been playing at mvp level he's probably going to win the mvp this year He's going to be a top three, top four pick next year, um, and I think that he, Mitchell, keep an eye on him next year. He could be doing something. He has some to recover from his injury, of course. I don't know how long it's going to take him. It's a pretty pretty bad one, but he had some burst. He had some quickness. He had some speed, so I would keep an eye on him, and Zay Flowers, of course, is fantastic, and I imagine they will draft either another running back or another receiver in the draft because they they um, have couple decent players at each position but not really a lot of depth and of course Mark Mark Andrews is going to be a top four tight end he's not going to play this week but if they win he might play next week the next up we have the Packers and the 49ers so this game it's crazy that the Packers beat the Cowboys especially the way they did it's amazing they got here but I don't think this is going to be particularly too close I imagine the 49ers are going to win by double digits in this game but just too good. They're rolling. They're healthy. They're ready to play. Um, Fantasy-wise for the Packers, Jordan Love, he is going to be pot- he's a, t- a top five quarterback this year. It's crazy. He's number five overall, so he's probably going to be drafted in the top eight, just like the C.J. Stroud. Him and Love are you know interchangeable. And Aaron Jones, if they re-sign him, I think he's a free agent or he's on a one-year deal, something like that next year. So if they re-sign him. He's been playing really well down the stretch. And their receivers really intrigue me. Christian Watson stays healthy. Um, If Jaden Reed stays healthy. If D'Antonius Wicks can start doing something more. They have a lot of young receivers. And it's going to be interesting to see where they fall next year. And for the 49ers, it's, you know, they're just fantastic. Brock Purdy, top 10 quarterback. McCaffrey's probably going to be drafted number one overall next year. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, and Debo and Ayuk are top 20 wide receivers. Kittles, like a top five, top six, they're, they're just so good. Okay, now for the Sunday games. These are gonna be some good games. We have Buccaneers and the Lions. It's fantastic, the Lions have made it this far. Even though I'm a Vikings fan, I'm happy for them. It's the first time they've won a playoff game ever, basically. Um, and now they're here in the divisional round, home playoff game against the Buccaneers. I think the Lions are gonna win it but I think it's gonna be closer than people are anticipating. I wouldn't, I would be super surprised if it's within a field goal at the end, um, or between three and seven points, but Lions should win this game. And for fantasy-wise, for the Buccaneers, I think Baker Mayfield is playing so well he's gonna come back next year. I think he'll be back, and he'll be a solid QB end of, end of QB one range, beginning of QB two range. Um, maybe a streamer of sorts, he's, he's good enough to um, be a solid quarterback for you he's not going to be a top two top five quarterback but he's not going to really super disappoint either he's going to be fine he's going to be solid but the main one I'm looking at is Rashard White no one saw him coming this year not really I kind of did in a way he was one of my sleepers I was looking at and turned out I I struck gold with that one with that call There's a lot of calls I didn't get right but that one I did um, it's be interesting to see if they draft another running back for depth or if he's going to continue to get that huge volume. And where his ADP is going to be next year. He might not be as valuable depending on where he's drafted. And I think Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they're both going to be back. They're both going to be top 20 receivers. They're fantastic. And also, Kate Alton is interesting. He's kind of played well toward down the end of the year. And for the Lions, man, Jameer Gibbs is so good. I kind of think that he is going to be a top 10 back next year drafted, maybe even top eight. And Montgomery is going to be one of those later round guys who could be very valuable. He could be next year's Raheem Mostert in a way not as, um, not as dependable as scoring fantasy points as Mostert has been this year. He's been crazy good. But I think he's going to be dependable in a way where he's going to be a late, late round draft pick. And he's going to be a solid RB2 flex for you every single week because he's going to still get the ball some next year. But Jameer Gibbs is going to be great. Ross St. Brown, top five receiver. Maybe even sneaking into the top four. might be like a CeeDee Lamb, Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, and Amara St. Brown. Depending on Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow's health, he might overtake Jamar Chase. We'll see. We'll see. Lots, lots to think about before then. And Sam Laporte is going to be a top two, top three tight end. He's been great. Next game, the final game of this divisional playoff round, possibly the best game of the week. Chiefs Bills. It's this is a rivalry going back for years and years and years. And I was going into this game thinking that the Bills were going to win this one. That they they got this not necessarily locked up, but they got this. But man, they have a lot of injuries going on. That kind of scares me. I'm still gonna pick the Bills to win. I'm gonna stick to my, stick to my pick. Uh, have the courage of my conviction and pick the Bills to win. But man, this is gonna be a good game. Chiefs have been playing better of late. Bills are on a really good hot streak. They've been playing so good. But those injuries really concern me. Gabe Davis is gonna be out. They got a few key defensive players out. I don't know. Um, but I'm gonna pick the Bills to win by like one or two points. Like a 30 to 28 kind of a game. I'm picking the Bills to win, but I'm not super excited about that pick. I'm really nervous. For the Chiefs, specifically fantasy-wise, Patrick Mahomes has been a disappointment as to his standards. So he was drafted as either number one, number two, sometimes even number three quarterback, definitely top three. He ended up as quarterback, I believe, eight. Quarterback eight in overall fantasy points. So I mean, he was still a top ten quarterback, but where he was drafted, that's a huge disappointment. I think next year he's going to be better, though. Because they finally figured out that Rasheed Rice is their best option. It took them a while. We were kind of yelling at him, hey, Rasheed Rice is your best player. Get him the ball. Us fantasy players were saying that. And they finally started to do that. I think Rasheed Rice could be a top 12, maybe even a top 10 receiver drafted next year. That's how good he is and how much volume he's going to get. I imagine that the Chiefs are going to draft a receiver in the draft, but Rasheed Rice is awesome. And Kelsey's kind of, he's been fine, but not where you drafted him this year you're drafting round one of the draft and he just didn't pan out in that aspect he was about the third tight end overall fantasy points wise which is still good but not where you draft him and next year he's gonna be a year older He just didn't quite look like the travis kelsey capital t capital k so i think he's gonna be probably still drafted top three tight end but i might be looking elsewhere i don't know i'll have to see where his adp is but um, i'm not super excited about him next year because his age and it looked like age finally caught up this year but we'll see and pacheco is going to be a great running back great value probably top 15 running back drafted he's gonna be good value because he's very dependable and for the bills josh allen was the number one quarterback this year Um, And it was by a pretty decent margin as well, about 40 points, I believe, somewhere in there. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, And he's going to be a top two, top three quarterback again. He's fantastic throwing the ball on the ground. He needs to control his turnovers. If he can get that under control, he'll be a far and away number one quarterback. But I think he had like 18 interceptions, probably a handful of fumbles. So if he can get those under control a little bit, he'll be great. And James Cook is the main one I'm looking at for next year. He was um, a really good value. If you draft him this year, you got him really late. And he panned out so well, especially down the stretch. And I think next year he could be be possibly a top 15-ish running back, Um, depending on where he's going to be drafted, his average draft position. So we'll see his value. But I'm looking at him. And Stephon Diggs, he really tailed off toward the end. But he's picked up a little bit recently. He should still be a top 10 wide receiver, but we'll see. Because wide receiver is so deep might make the people a little nervous. We'll we'll see if they draft someone, because I think they will draft a wide receiver. And then their tight ends kind of eat from each other. So, Kincaid and Knox, they balance each other out. So, if they're both on the field, they're kind of not starting tight end caliber, in a way. But if anyone's injured, then they're a top five tight end, basically. So, it's going to be interesting to see where they go. But that was the divisional round of the bluffs. Now, let's talk about the top players at each position this year. And we're going to start with the quarterback position. The number one overall quarterback this year was Josh Allen. Give you a little bit of numbers on all these players. He had 579 pass attempts, 385 completions, 4,306 yards. He had 29 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. You'd like to see that a little bit better ratio. He scored 392 fantasy points. 23 fantasy points per game. He also he also got about 500 rushing yards and 15 rushing touchdowns. I really really vaulted him up above everyone else. He was the number 1 quarterback this year. Um he was drafted as quarterback number 2 around pick number 17 um overall and he ended up as the number 25 overall scorer. With um with that total of three hundred ninety two points, so he was drafted number seventeen, ended up about number twenty five in that range, depending on your um depending on your league and the settings you had. So he he was about right on the value, right where you drafted him. But that's also good to know, because you're gonna have to look at drafting him in the. Probably early, middle, second round next year. So how high you're going to have to spend on Josh Allen. So if that's what you want to do, go for it. I don't know if I'm going to. We'll have to see. Two quarterback was Jalen Hurts. He had 538 pass attempts, 352 completions, 3,858 passing yards, 23 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Again, you would like to see that a little better. He ended up with 356 fantasy points. So he was about almost 40 fantasy points less than Josh Allen. He averaged 20, almost basically 21 fantasy points per game. He had 605 rushing yards with 15 touchdowns. So basically the same amount as Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen actually had 600 um, rushing yards as well. I think it was like 620, something like that. Uh, but the same amount of rushing touchdowns. So that's what really vaulted them up because their passing touchdown numbers weren't that high. Dak Prescott had 36 passing touchdowns, but he didn't really rush very much. So that's what kept both of them at number one and number two overall. Um, Jalen Hurts was drafted as quarterback three, ended up as quarterback two. He was drafted as number 19 overall, and he ended up, oh, I got this wrong. I, I wrote my numbers down wrong. Um, So Josh Allen ended up as the number two overall score, not number 25, number two overall score. So he's drafted number 17, number two overall. So that was a great value, honestly. And then with Jalen Hurts, he was drafted number 19, ended up number number five overall. So they were both really high up there as far as the value. Now, um, there's a lot to be said with analytics and the scoring with the value of the position over everyone else. But if we're looking at just overall fantasy points, they're ranking number one through everything. Allen was number two. Hertz was number five overall. Now let's get over to the tight end position. This is where it gets really interesting, where the value really changes. So the number one tight end overall was Sam Laporta in total points, not points per game, But total points. So he had 120 targets, 86 receptions, 889 receiving yards, 10 receiving touchdowns. That's what really vaulted him up. 239 fantasy points, about 14 points per game. So really good numbers, but this is where it gets interesting. He was drafted as number, tied to number 14 overall. So really he was not really drafted in a lot of leagues, About on average, number 145 as far as draft pick. So there's a lot of leagues, if you were eight to 10 team leagues, where he probably wasn't even drafted. And he ended up as the number one overall tight end. He was drafted and he ended up as the number 42 overall score, which is crazy for the tight end position, being in the top 50, that's just fantastic. And number two overall tight end this year was Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram had 143 targets, a ton of targets, 114 receptions, 963 receiving yards, four receiving touchdowns. He needs to pick that up just a little bit. 230 fantasy points, about 13 and a half points per game. So he was fantastic. No one saw that coming. Laporta and Ingram, one and two. Nobody saw that coming. Kelsey and Hawkinson were three and four. So they were right there, not that far behind them, but. Laporta and Ingram, they crushed it this year. Evan Ingram was drafted as tight end number eight, 91 overall draft pick. So he was a great value if you got Evan Ingram as your starter. He ended up as the number 48 score overall in fantasy points for all positions. So he did so well. Again, a tight end in the top 50. That is wild. That doesn't, especially with these two. Now, Kelsey usually does. Andrews and Hawkinson probably do as well, but for these two to be in the top 50 is wild. Okay, now let's get to the wide receiver position. I'm gonna turn my notebook here with these numbers. Number one wide receiver this year, and number one overall fantasy player, C.D. Lamb. He ended the year so well. He began the year a little quiet, and then he started to ramp up a little bit, but he ended the year so, so well. He had 181 targets, a lot of targets. I think that might have been the most for any player, honestly, is 181 targets. It's up there at least. If it's not number one, it's at least number two or three, but I think it's number one. 135 receptions, 1,749 yards, 12 touchdowns. He also had a little bit of rushing. He had 113 rushing yards with two rushing touchdowns. Total fantasy points was 403, averaged about 23.7 fantasy points per game. He was the best player in fantasy this year. He was drafted overall wide receiver five, about pick 14, so in the second round, but he ended the year as the number one scorer in all of fantasy. So he was a huge value this year. Number two wide receiver was Tyreek Hill. He ended up with 171 targets, 119 rece- receptions, 1,799 receiving yards. There was a long time where it looked like it was a just chalk that he was going to break that receiving yards record, but then he got hurt a little bit. It was very disappointing because so we thought he was going to do it, but he got hurt. He didn't quite get to 2,000 yards. He had 13 receiving touchdowns. Ended up with three. 176 fantasy points so about 20 about 27 fantasy points less than cd lamb he ended up about 23.5 points per game so he was drafted as wide receiver three about pick number five in that range ended up as the number four score in fantasy so he about right where you drafted that's where he ended up as overall so he was pretty much chalk as far as value is concerned those guys if you drafted CeeDee Lane or Tyreek Hill as your number one receiver, you are very pleased, very happy. And now, let's get to the running backs. This one's kind of interesting as well. Number one player, Christian McCaffrey. This is very well known. He had 272 rushing attempts, 1,459 yards, 14 rushing touchdowns, also had 67 receptions, for 564 receiving yards with another seven receiving touchdowns. Scored 391 fantasy points, about 24 fantasy points per game. He was so good, and he was 100 points better than number two. We'll get to that. But for CMC, um, he was drafted in the first round. His average draft pick was about number two, um, usually it was Justin Jefferson than CMC. but with cmc is i was in a lot of leagues and i think i heard a lot of people with this as well where he ended up drafted late in the first round like maybe pick seven or eight in that range there was one draft where he was at the very end of the draft in the first round for me that's huge value the number one running back drafted toward the end of the first round in some leagues i think people had concerns about his injury history that maybe the 49ers were going to split touches and they did not they rode cmc kind of all year long And that does concern me a little for next year because he got over 300 touches. Usually that number the next year, you're kind of like, I wonder how much he'll be used in in this year. So we'll see. We'll see where he's at next year. But he's going to be number one overall pick next year pretty much guaranteed. I don't know if I'm picking him number one overall. I don't know. I'll think about it. But he was great. And the number two running back, this is interesting, was Brees Hall. He had... 223 rushing attempts 994 rushing yards five rushing touchdowns so his numbers there were a little low but this is where he picked it up he had 76 receptions i want to say that might be the highest as far as number of receptions of all running backs that's at least top two or three but i think it's number one 591 receiving yards four receiving touchdowns total of 290 fantasy points so 100 points less than CMC. He averaged about 17 fantasy points per game. This is where he was valuable though. He was drafted as RB14 um, about pick 35 and go back to CMC. He was the number 3 overall scorer so about where you drafted him. With Brees Hall, he was the number 12 overall scorer and he was drafted about pick 35 so he was a huge value. Brees Hall was fantastic. He's going to be probably a top 5 Definitely top 10 pick next year because he looked healthy. They rode him toward the end of the year, and he was so good, just so good. And um, that offense is going to be most likely better with Aaron Rodgers healthy. At least you would anticipate that being the case. That was the top two players at each position. Now, it's time to get real. And for this segment today, I wanted to talk about self-care. I touched on it a little bit here and there in the previous um, previous episodes, but here I want to focus in on it. Self-care is very important, and we're going to start with what the Bible says about taking care of yourself, how valuable you are as an individual. And we're going to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Again in 1 Corinthians, a little before that, um, chapter 3, verse 17, if anyone destroys, God, destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. And I also heard it said from um, a counselor once, a really, really good counselor, That it says that Jesus says in in the scriptures that love your neighbor as yourself. And he paused on that and he said, Love your neighbor as yourself, not more than yourself. It's good to try to take care of your friends and family, your neighbors as it were, but love them as yourself, not more. And also, more context in that that means love yourself. You have to love yourself if you're going to love your neighbor as yourself. And I also heard from another really good counselor. Um, about taking care of yourself spiritually, emotionally, physically, and mentally. Almost like this, this isn't my analogy, but I really liked it. It's his analogy, but almost like wheels of a car and the air pressure in them. If one of the wheels is a little bit low on the air pressure, the car is not going to run very well. The same with us, with us as humans, with us as individuals. We have um, four areas in life that we need to take care of ourselves spiritually getting in the Word, praying, worshiping God, making sure we're spiritually taken care of. Mentally, challenging our minds, reading more books, um, engaging thoughtful concepts. Physically, getting our bodies in better physical shape, working out, eating better, and emotionally, taking care of our family and friends and ourselves, making sure we have good relationships with the people close to us, and making sure we're emotionally open and not closed. Taking care of yourself is very important. And as it says in um, the scripture in 1 Corinthians, it says um, your body is God's temple. And that's your everything, your whole being, not just your physical body, but your physical body, your emotional body, your spiritual body, and yourself mentally as well. Making sure that all four of those aspects are taken care of. It's not selfish to make sure you're taken care of with self-care. And there's another really good analogy I really liked. It's the um, airplane analogy is what I like to call it. It's um, where every time you're on the flight and they give you the rundown, this is your exits, this is where your stuff's at, this is where your mask at. They always say that in a, in a case of emergency, put your mask on first before you help someone else. Because you can't help someone else if you yourself are in danger and you possibly are running out of oxygen, and dying. And that's the same thing in life. You need to fill your cup before you can help someone else fill theirs and take from you. Because if you are empty, you can't give to someone else. They can't take from an empty cup. So make sure you are filling your cup, getting yourself taken care of, along with helping others. That way you can help them to the best of your ability, to the best of your ability, Best the way that God gave you, well, no matter what that is in life. If you're good in serving, if you're good in um, encouraging, no matter what it is, you have to be filled as for you can truly fill others. And God wants us to take care of ourselves. It's our responsibility. We can't depend on the people to take care of us. Of course God will, but we have responsibility to take care of His temple, and we need to do that. Everyone, thank you so much for joining in with this episode. Um, I'll make another one next week. We'll talk about the conference championships, the NFC and the AFC championship. Who's going to make it there? And I think we'll look at, <clears throat> excuse me, I think we'll look at the biggest disappointments, biggest busts of the fantasy season in 2023. Look at some numbers, look at some stats, and um, see um, who didn't play well and where they were drafted. We'll look at that as well. As always, if you're looking into the fantasy football season of 2024 next year, right now is the time to prepare. If you need some help with that, I made a lot of courses, a lot of good um, resources on my website, fantasyfootballcu.com. I'd be happy to help you out. We have also a free public forum. If you ask any questions, or if you need prayer, I'd be happy to pray for you. The prayer request section is on that form as well. Um, but I'm happy to pray for you. Happy to answer any questions. So visit that website. But in the meantime, God bless you guys, and we'll see you in the next episode.